0: You're listening to the Golden Mike Podcast with me, the noise of the north, Dan the Mano. This is a podcast about the lake life and toad water sports, focusing on pro wakeboarding and its athletes. My goal is to give listeners a chance to take a journey into the lifestyle and times of me, my peers, and the people we meet along the way. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the Golden Mike podcast Are you the ultimate wakeboarder fan? Then you need to download the WakeScope app. Follow wake events worldwide and get the full breakdown by heats, tricks, get rider rankings and much more. Download the WakeScope app available in the App Store. Yeah, welcome back everybody. It's our fourth episode of the Golden Mike podcast and it's me, Daniel the Mano, the Noise of the North. The former king of spring, master of mayhem, uh, most most known for you know being an announcer, a commentator, a vocal athlete, a traveler, guy who likes to party, and uh, a lot more. So really stoked to have you guys back here. Hopefully you guys have all listened to the first three episodes. And uh, hopefully you guys have sent me maybe some feedback to the website and my brand new email address, goldenmike at noiseofthenorth.com. We've got a great show for you guys today. A really, really special guest is here with us inside the studio loft here in Dr. Phillips, Orlando, Florida. I've got the executive director of the WWA, the World Weight Board Association. He's a world champion. Rob Corum's in the house with us.
1: What's up, Dano? Thanks so much for having me, buddy.
0: Rob, great to have you, and I was just stoked to see you show up in your little hat today. Yeah,
1: of course, you know. <laughs> A lot of people have been giving me a lot of grief, you know, about wearing these hats. They think I look like a sailor or something or like a train conductor. But, you know, they're fun. You,
0: you are a sailor. We all, we're all we all kind of sailors in the wakeboard industry. I spend a lot of time in a boat. Yes, yes, you do. Yes, you do. And and leading. But we'll talk more about yeah. that in just a little bit. So uh, that's Rob Corum, guys. And we've got the Rob Corum interview coming up in just a few minutes. Uh, first, I want to remind you guys to check out my weekly Word and photo journals, my blogs on iwake.com. Uh, the feature is called the noise and I uh, drop new features every week from all the different events that I go to. I've got some from uh, the newest episode, or the newest blogs are from uh, Overton's Battle of the Brands, the Gravel Tour, The Wake Games. Those are just the first couple and uh, dropping real soon are some of my words and photos from Cable stock. And speaking of cable stock, I just got back from Texas uh, yesterday. Uh, TSR hosted the 12th annual cable stock event put on by a guy called Blake Hess. Blake Hess has done an amazing job over the uh, last decade really helping put cable wakeboarding on the map. and uh, the event in itself is is pretty unbelievable. It uh, brings together cable riders, boat riders, amateur riders, as well as pro riders. I actually started my uh, trip off by flying into Dallas, Texas, and I was met by Joey Bradley, who is a gentleman who lives out there, a former pro wakeboarder. In fact, uh, he might be a pro wakeboarder again this year. He told me he's going to be going to the uh, Malibu Pro Card event in, well, that's actually going to be at Texas Ski Ranch as well. Um, that's coming up in, I want to say late June.
1: Yeah, it's actually June 26th, I believe. 26th or 27th, right Exa- there.
0: Well, see, you're the man. You're the man behind it all. So, you yeah. know, so you know all those dates. Um, so Joey Bradley picks me up from, from the airport in Dallas, Fort Worth, and, um, actually took me over to the 1992 Yo-Yo World Champions House, Dale Oliver. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Hey, it's a lifestyle thing, all right, and <laughs> yeah. it's part of it. So
1: yo-yoing, wakeboarding—you know—it goes hand in hand, for hey, sure. Hey,
0: it's all on a string, my friend. It's
1: all on a string. It's all on a
0: string. So it was really cool to get out there and uh, and meet a guy who's really big into the uh, yo-yo industry, you know, and a world champion. Um, from there, I went down to Texas Ski Ranch early Thursday morning. It was the amateur events that kicked off the day. It was a pretty nice day. I had a lot of fun out there. Those guys always put down some unique events, uh, not just wakeboarding, the cable, and the features only, and the boat events, but this year they also did a really cool event where you actually um, ride across rails while they spray you with a fire hose. Oh, that sounds perfect, man. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. You know, So the person who can ride the rail the longest, look the coolest, and get sprayed with the fire hose the entire time. Is the guy that ends up winning, which is
1: that sounds awesome. What did they call that event? Do you remember? It's called Ride the Rails. <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome to do the same thing with paintball guns. I've always wanted to do that.
0: Yeah, that's that is a fantastic idea. I mean,
1: obviously, you got to like watch your eyes and stuff, maybe some sports specs or something, but yeah, yeah exactly.
0: No. Well, hey, well, performance ski and surf just pick those things up. Sports so, specs yeah, again. Yep, that's yep. awesome. Hey, they're coming back, they're coming back.
1: Don't call it a comeback. Um,
0: we wanted to just make a couple of um, honorable mentions and shout-outs from the event. Uh, Bob Sovin was out there, a star of the event, of course. He killed it on the boat, but he killed it in every in every aspect, not just the boat. Bob Sovin is a man of the fans. He goes out there, smile on his face, shakes every person's hand, kisses every single babe baby in the crowd. And, uh, yeah, so it's always cool to see him out there. Daniel Grant. Yep. This kid is unbelievable. He's got to be maybe 16, 15, 16 yeah. years old. He's a young Just boy. turned
1: 16. Just turned he's, 16 back in February. But he's an old soul. He's an old soul. He, he rides like he's, you know, 24, 25 years old, but he's 16. And, yeah, man, I spend a lot of time with that kid. And just blows my mind every single time you see him ride in one way or another.
0: Well, this guy is from Thailand in the Texas Ski Ranch. Well, right now in Texas, there's a a little bit of a drought going on, so a lot of the lakes are starting to go down. Uh, Daniel Grant was boosting so big off of their Malibu boat outside kicker. One time he landed. uh, I know you already know this, Rob, because you do a lot of the insurance stuff for the industry and – Daniel Grant landed a foot from shore and then flew onto the shoreline. And then landed on the shore. (laughs) I was watching it, and I'm telling you, I believe (laughs) that he was doing it on purpose. Yeah, he kind of is. I know he could could control himself, and that's why he didn't get worked when he did land on shore.
1: I spoke with Tom, like, as soon as I saw the video, I spoke with Tom Foucher, you know, local Texas dude right there, TSR. Obviously, one of the best professional wakeboarders there's ever been. And uh, Tom's like, Yeah, dude. Literally, Daniel's the only person that can do that. He's the only person that can cut hard enough to reach the shoreline there and go that big. Yeah. So that was straight from Tom's mouth.
0: Um, I'm gonna. Okay, so you know how people use the word bad in two different ways, like bad. Yeah, like that was bad to the bone. Um, Daniel Grant is stupid. Yes. (laughs) Stupid to the bone. You know what I mean? (laughs) His riding is unbelievable. What he does is yeah. crazy, but hey, he, I call him the human video game. Yep, for so, sure. Um, we just talked about Tom Fouché. Tom Fouché, this guy is a beast, almost 30 years old. I might have to say he's the guy that put cable wakeboarding on the map. Tom Fouché took his 10th consecutive cable stock win. He won the event, which is uh, well, it's just cable overall. And for people out there who aren't familiar how these cable contests works, there's usually two divisions there's uh, an event called cable which consists of rails and air tricks and then there's features only well every year Tom finds himself pretty much on uh, the the podium for either of these events but for the 10 past years at cable stock Tom Fouche has not only been on the podium but he's won the event as well so beast mode is yeah, all man I say.
1: He, he, he's unreal. Consistency is the name of Tom's game, for sure. He's got the tricks, and he's got the mentality to go out there every single time. Whether it's in like a Triple Crown event, or World Series, or Cable Stock, or whatever, he's going to find himself on the podium of either Pro Features or the Pro Men's Division, no matter what, or oftentimes both.
0: Yeah, he's he's unreal. So it was an unbelievable and an unforgettable time out there at Texas Ski Ranch for Cable Stock this year. And I recommend you guys come out there. It's a really, really, really fan-friendly event. There's plenty of time for everybody out there to get on the water. Some other really cool stuff. Just seeing all the different international riders and all the amateur up-and-coming riders uh, at the event. Colin G., who is a uh, pro way skater, but this kid is just a very talented rapper, hip-hop artist, whatever you want to call it. Um, The... Texas Ski Ranch video premiere of The Debut, which is a wakeboard film featuring guys like Daniel Grant and Tom Fouché and Brenton Priestley. It's basically a cable. It's like a cable uh, video, and it's it's, it's really, really, really good. Everybody's got to see it. And then, of course, at Cable Stock this year, the 12th annual, the annual, the, the infamous bikini contest, and that was hosted and announced by me. I may or may not have even told a couple of the models that I was a judge,
1: <laughs> but that... did you may or may not have told a couple of those girls that you loved them too? <laughs> yeah, maybe. You, you never know. You never know.
0: So um, I also do something really cool at this event. I took my smartphone around after the event, and I did some short interviews and and audio clips with some of the riders. And uh, we put them together in an audio montage. So here, in just one second, we're going to be back with the executive director of the World Wakeboard Association, Mr. Rob Corum. But first things first, let's check out this quick audio montage from Cable Stock. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Texas Ski Ranch in the 12th annual TSR Cable Stock. Right now, I the dock we have got our pro cable finals getting set to hit the water so ladies and gentlemen it's time for the main event hey I'm James Windsor I'm from Sunshine Coast Australia and cable stock is the best event of the year and I love it hey I'm Jay Rohner Orlando Florida um, favorite part about cable stock was the good vibes, the friends good times, uh, riding was awesome, Competing's fun but the best part is it's just a great time. Bob Sovin, Bob, what's your favorite part about cable stock? Well, are you trying? That's a pigeonhole question. I mean, I really appreciate all the phenomenal riding and, uh, the atmosphere of course um, but being one of the uh, four chief judges of the bikini right. contest is probably yeah it's probably it. All uh, right Nick Davis here 24 years old from London here at Cable Stock 2014 it's an amazing party great festival and yeah come out next year. Cheers. All right guys I'm here with Daniel Grant Daniel defending features only champion how does it feel for the second year in a row to be on top of that podium right next to one of your best friends and mentors Tom Fouché? Oh, uh, it was definitely not the best I rode, and I, I pulled through, of course, like, it was crazy. I didn't get the best hits I wanted, but, I def- like, I did good on the other rails, so I was pumped on that. And I'm super pumped for Tom for winning 10 years in a row on cable, that's just unreal. I don't think anyone's ever done that before. Like, yeah, I don't even think I will be ever ever able to do that, so Tom's a legend for doing that.
1: Hola, hey, I'm Diego Barragan. I'm here at Cable Stock and it's awesome this year because I, I think the people really bring this energy and that just gives you a rush and that rush is something you can't explain. You can't even put it into words. Thanks everybody.
0: Hey, what's up? I'm Brandon Priestley. Stoked to be here in Texas. Love this place. Reminds me of my home home country. Here listening to Colin G. He's a man. Love Texas. You Texans are the bomb. Yo, my name is Jade Worley. I'm here at Texas Ski Ranch for Cable Stock 2014 and I cannot believe how the obstacles and features contest went. Daniel Grant landing on ground unbelievable. I am San from South Korea. What's your favorite part about cable stock? It's
1: uh,
0: it's fun contest just hanging out with all of my friends. Yeah. What do you think about all of the Texas girls? I don't know about girls yet I'm just only 16 now. <laughs> Are you coming back next year? Yeah, definitely, I'm 100% down. I'm here with Tom Foucher at the 2014 Cable Stock. Tom, how does it feel to become the 10-time Cable Stock champion? I mean, absolutely unreal. I don't know if anybody in wakeboarding's ever held an event down for 10 years straight, a full decade. So, uh, couldn't be any better. All right, and Tom, one more question. What's your favorite part about Cable Stock? It's kind of a tie. It's between the shoe ski event and the bikini contest. A many-time national and world champion, the king of the cable, Tom Fouche! Hey, guys. I'm Jimmy LaRich, and you're listening to the Golden Mike Podcast with Dan the Mano. Some would say, that's better. All right, everybody, and we are back here, Dan O'The Mano, and uh, hanging out with a very special guest, and I'm stoked to have him here with me today. Uh Normally... Okay, well, normally, we've only had three shows so far, but we've interviewed wakeboarders. Today, we're interviewing a wakeboarder who also has other roles within our industry, very, very important roles, including being the executive director of the WWA. Welcome to the studio loft here in Dr. Phillips,
1: Mr. Rob Corum. How you doing, Rob? Yeah, Dano. Pleasure to be here, my friend, man. Stoked to be back over here. You know, just went down the street, got some good food in the Dr. Phillips area, and it's uh my pleasure to be up here chatting with you, my friend.
0: Yeah, and then when you go home, you you drive about a mile and a half over yeah. the Metro West. Yeah.
1: yeah. Or like Kaiwassi area, yeah. you know, Wassi Posse. Exactly. And uh and you know, that's it. Well, Rob, I wanna thank you for uh for being
0: here and it's really cool. I, I just mentioned that you you're not a pro rider right now. You do have some titles under your belt, including a, a U.S. National and a and a World Wake Park title. But I think probably one of your most important titles is that executive director title <laughs> that you've got over there at the W.W.A. So we've got a lot of people listening to this that may not be familiar with who you are or what you do or your role at the W.W.A. or what the W.W.A. is. Can you uh, get, just give us a little insight? On who you are and what your role with the WWA is?
1: Yeah, a little elaboration, I guess. You know, um, I'm a behind the scenes kind of guy, industry guy that um, tries to just make things happen uh, within the industry. Uh, the WWA is a nonprofit organization. We're here for the growth and advancement of the sport, man, and that's um, that's what it's all about. Putting more people on the water and and making sure those people have fun on the water. If we can all do that, then then uh, it's it's a successful day um, within our industry. So yeah, man, I mean, your role at the WWA never stops. You, you know, from all the different things that we have, like sanctioning programs and membership programs. And, uh, we own our own events. We own several, several different own events actually. Um, and yeah, it's, uh, you never stop working. You're always, you know, you're always doing something to, to help put more people on the water.
0: What are some of the specific things that the WWA does for our industry that most people wouldn't recognize that you guys do?
1: I would say the number one thing that most people don't recognize that we do is sanction events, sanction amateur events. Um, there's a lot of bodies of water out there that cities and and states and counties require to have insurance on those bodies of waters before they can have a permit to run a wakeboard event or to run a wake skate or wake surf event. Um we supply that insurance for them through our sanctioning process, through our sanctioning programs, uh to to get the county involved, to get the perm- the permits that they need to be able to have events on those bodies of water.
0: And the cool thing about you, Rob, is that you're you're not just a suit. I mean, you have got your hand I mean <laughs> Thanks, Dana. <laughs> well you know there there are people that just sit in the office yeah, for and sure. And, you know, you, you got to believe in the skateboard industry. It's so big that there are people that probably who are a part of it that have never rode on a skateboard.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, I think our industry is too small for suits to sit back in, um which is a good thing and a bad thing because we are all passionate about it, uh, you know, and, and the industry is, is a tight knit industry where, you know, you have every single person that is within our industry in in a, in a, decision making um, position is there has been on the water in some sort of vicinity whether it's wake surfing or water skiing even or wakeboarding or whatever but yeah every single person within our industry does the activity they're out there riding something and that's that's the cool thing about our you know a little bit more tight-knit industry
0: before two, you got the job in 2011 as executive director. Uh, before that, you were all over the place. I mean, I I know that I had done trips with you. You were you were a judge. Uh, you were a regional rider, I believe, for Hyperlite. Um, how 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 exactly did that all fit into getting the job with the WWA?
1: Well, it's kind of a unique unique uh, experience, I guess you could say. Um, you know, I was sitting in the boat one day. I was running a pro shop uh, in Alabama and. And uh, JD Webb came through our shop and he used to come through about every year <coughs> name, do drop. some name dropper. <laughs> I'm just joking. Anyways, he used to come through like, you know, just about every year and do some clinics and stuff with us through Hyperlite and Nautique as well. Um, and yeah, man, we're sitting in the boat one day and I was like, yeah, man, yeah, I'm looking to move down to, to Orlando area. And he literally goes, I just bought my parents old house from him. Uh, would you like to move in with me? And I kind of thought it was a joke at first. I was like, really, man? Like, no way, you know, and uh, so I, I moved down only um, only in wakeboarding, I, I no,
0: only in wakeboarding do you meet the biggest name yeah.
1: at, in the sport at yeah, a pro shop and sure. they invite you to move in and live with them, <laughs> move, move in with you. Right. I mean, not just like come down and ride with me every now and then or something like that, like literally move in with me. So we went down, man, I, I ended up getting an apartment for like six months um, and we just worked on his worked on the new house every day. Uh, put in some new windows and all sorts of framing and stuff like that. And One thing led to another. Sean Perry, uh, who used to have my position at the WBA, now the senior editor-in-chief uh, or editor-in-chief I should say, uh, at Wakeboarding Magazine, moved in with us and started looking for some new judges and we had a just a great relationship between the three of us and before you knew it, I was judging all sorts of events. A lot of Wake Park stuff at the time and then very soon after, moved into judging pro tours and all sorts of stuff.
0: So, what are the differences between Wake Park and other events?
1: Yeah, so at the WBA, we, we essentially recognize two major disciplines of events. Um, let me guess. Let me just take a quick guess yeah, here. No worries. Um, Go for it.
0: Knee boarding
1: <laughs> and uh, barefooting. Barefooting is definitely <laughs> one of them. Anyway, right. but yeah, man, it's it's behind the boat, Wake Board is what we call it, and then on the cable, which is Wake Park. So that's everything that deciphers it to like Wakeboard is means it's behind the boat, Wake Park means it's on the cable. That's it, man. Yeah. It's essentially Good. the difference.
0: Very cool. So uh, over the years you've done a lot of traveling. Um, a little bit here and there. And possibly more than a majority of a majority of of the athletes out there aren't really traveling as much as as you are. So tell us, like, some of the most exotic places that you've been for wakeboarding.
1: Well, um, it's I mean exotic places. There's I've been to a ton of different places, man, all over the world, and uh, and I'm really fortunate to get to have that ex- those experiences. I think the most exotic place I've ever been was um, this one time. Brian Grubb and Jimmy Trask and I <coughs> Name drops. <were> Name dropping. <laughs> we were we were down in Brazil and um, for a wakeboard World Series event in Brazil. And this local dude, Andre Wanderley, ends up finding these crazy fish ponds for us to go winch at. So it was every single pond was like was on a different level, you know, ranging from there was one drop that was twelve or so feet to the next pond down, like off, you know, off the sure. water. And there were some that were only like two or three, but there was probably, I'd probably guess there was, I don't know, 10 to 12 different little ponds in this entire piece of property that were all on different levels. So it was like, I'd like, I did like a, I did like a 12 foot. And then after that was like another six foot pond, like six foot drop, like right after that one. So it was like, it was pretty cool to be able to hit, you know, at the time, we were probably the first people that had ever really done, like, multiple stuff. Maybe, like, you know, some Kyle Walton and some right. some of the Pasteurs and stuff like that had done some stuff like that. But, man, it was just such a unique experience. Like, it was it was out in the middle of nowhere in Brazil, this tiny little fish town, and it was, I don't know, it was really cool.
0: So, there's cable parks popping up all over the world right yeah, now. Yeah, everywhere. It's it, crazy. It, to me, there's cable parks popping up in places that you wouldn't even imagine there to be a cable park or wakeboarding even
1: there in your opinion, what are some of those places? Um, man, there is the, you're hit the nail right on the head with that. Um, I'll go back to Brazil once again, actually there's a, there's a two tower system that's up in the Amazon area. That's freaking crazy. Why do like, how is there a cable park up there? Like, you know, that, that's a nut, that's a nuts place to have one. Um, I heard, recently that Saudi Arabia is building a full cable system right now. They're in the process of working that out. Uh, Egypt has one. Kuwait. you know, We go to Abu Dhabi for Wake Park Worlds every year. That's a beautiful place. It's not a crazy place to have one, but still unique. So that's all your Middle East. I mean, every single region in the entire world has full-size cable parks now. There's not a continent, uh, obviously, other than Antarctica that doesn't. But it's just really cool to see. There's a sick park in Indonesia I really want to go to. Um, and yeah, man, it's just, it's, they're popping up everywhere. It's so hot right now.
0: So are, are there ever places that you go to where maybe you don't feel as safe (laughs) as other places?
1: For sure. For sure. Yeah. I'd probably say first time, first time we ever went to the Philippines, I was, I was a little nervous for sure. Um, that was back in 2009, I think was the first time we ever went there. Um, you know, one thing you kind of got to realize, like. We're with the governor of the province the whole time, and typically they have pretty good security and, and all that kind of stuff around. Um, you know, you kind of put it in a place like the governor of Florida, for example. I mean, you know, your average Joe can't get, like, close to him and stuff. So that's one thing you kind of got to realize when you go there, and it's 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 such a surreal place. It's a resort for wakeboarding. You.
0: Now a lot of the athletes, they're athletes, and you know they they get these experiences, and just you know normal normal people don't get to to live you know these other lifestyles and these other uh, these other ways. I've seen photos of you in the Middle East wearing the garb of of
1: yeah. the uh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> of man. the local. We uh we went into the grand ma Mo- Sheikh Zayed Grand Mosque, which is uh. It's just this uh, pretty unreal, massive mosque um, right there in Abu Dhabi. And yeah, before you go in, because we, we went into the actual, I don't know what you call it. I th- I think you it's in whatever you in Christianity, you would call it a, a chapel area or whatever, I guess you would say. Uh, but we went inside where you can't be in regular clothes like anywhere else outside of the property. You can be in like regular clothes, but. We went in like inside the chapel area, I guess, or mosque area. And yeah, you had to wear the traditional like robes and stuff. And it was pretty crazy and take your shoes off. It was, that was definitely kind of a weird experience for me. But yeah, fun though and cool. Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, so you've been to like every continent. I- I- with the exception of Antarctica. Like yeah, I really, really yeah. want to go to Antarctica though. Well, hey, listen. Yeah, i s I've seen some of those, uh
1: those well, we've all seen those Red Bull yeah. uh like yeah, like Adam and Parks doing the Patagonia stuff was yeah. sick. On the glaciers yeah, stuff. For hey, sure. it's not out of the question. It's Is not, there anywhere that you won't go back? Um I don't think so. I did I love travel. I love going places. Um like I mean it it's for the fun of the sport. That's that's the cool thing about it. Like, you know, we're not going there to, to travel or whatever. There's some places I wouldn't go back if there wasn't wakeboarding involved. But you know, there's there's wakeboarding involved and, and tons of tight knit friendships. Like that's that's the greatest thing about it. There's friendships, you know, if if, if I want to go stay somewhere, I can call up somebody and you know, wherever, in Australia or like Korea or, or anywhere. anywhere yeah or Thailand or wherever and be like hey man I need to stop over for a couple of nights and they would find a place you know or, so, or at least like find a place for me to stay or probably just have me stay with them or whatever and that's what's the that's what the cool experience is from my perspective
0: very nice as far as uh, uh wake park goes uh you you've been a humongous part in the growth of of the WWE wake park series you you guys started it. You had, what, a, a three-year plan, and, and now you, you've got this legitimate series. You've got a ranking system. Um, My question to you is this. Uh, I was thinking about this earlier, and I don't know if you're going to like my analogy. <laughs> the song, uh, you know, Video Killed the Radio Star. Yeah,
1: for sure. Is Cable killing the boat? I absolutely disagree with that statement. Uh, totally. I don't think that Cable is killing the boat. I think that... Um... Yeah, I think that more or less like the price of gas and, and stuff like that is are the more barriers to entry uh, with boat. I mean, fiberglass, which is what boats are made out of, are a byproduct of oil, um, which is another reason why our boat costs are going up even more. Um, I think that there will always be boat riding, um, just not on the scale that it probably is today. However, with that being said... Cables are putting more people into the sport. I mean, that's a that's a flat out fact. They're putting more people in the sport. Do you think that we're seeing a sales increase in boats because there's more people riding wakeboards? Period. I'd probably say yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I've always had the thought. Well, over the last couple of years, you know, especially like since Nautique bought uh, the Orlando Water Sports Complex, I thought it was a smart move because the way I look at it is for me. Right now, yeah, I'm single and I don't have a family. But when I do, I want to get them into into towed water sports, whether it be wakeboarding or water skiing or kneeboarding or tubing or barefooting. And the cable is great, and it's fun, and it's awesome. And it has come so far since five years ago. It's come so far in 10, ten years ago. Oh, man. I, I mean, 10 years ago, we were watching what these guys were doing, and, and we were just— I mean, in a way we are just like, what are these guys doing? Just dangling off of a rope in the air. <laughs> and the the way I see it now is, you know, you, you find your love for wakeboarding at the cable park and then what's better than you and the rest of your family spending the day by yourselves in your boat, you know?
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's the thing about the boat. Like it's such a family oriented, you know, activity to do together. It brings the family closer together at the park. You know, you, you, you go out there and ride and yeah your family can come with you but at the end of the day it's it's a little bit more of an individualistic activity riding on the cable anyways and um, you know normally you've got your buds there and stuff and going out and learning some new tricks and stuff but it's it's just a different aspect and and I love both of them for each of their pros for sure um, i i ride i ride about 50/50 50, 50 boat and cable boat and park What's, and what are
0: your uh, what are your parks of choice here in Florida
1: Parks of choice in Florida um that's a tough question um i'd probably have to say owc just because it's a home park for sure i mean you know that's that's the park that's closer i like the features there water gets a little rough from time to time but uh, it's a good park i like the features
0: what how what do you estimate the amount of cable parks around the world
1: Estimation of cables around yeah, the world. Yeah, how
0: many? How many do you think there are?
1: Uh, you know who would know this answer right off the top of his head is Papanakos. We should we should call him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> how many? How many cable parks do you think opened last year? I think there's like I think there's like 120 full size cable parks in the world somewhere in there. hmm I think new parks that opened last year probably in the 25 range, somewhere like that.
0: Did you Did you ever think cable would would grow to the size it is right now and and the level of where it's at. I mean did yeah. you did you see that coming ten years ago?
1: I mean, yeah, I did. The first time I ever rode cable was at OWC actually in uh in like ninety eight, like the year it opened. You know, just a little a little grammy out there. Ollie one eighties and stuff was like the only thing I could even do. That I I even was, have that's a feature what I in that's it. what I do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no it's not. I've seen your videos, Dana. <laughs> but yeah, man, I mean, dude, it's you can tell that it's got Tons of potential to grow to I mean, who who knows? This the sky's the limit. There's no ceiling. It's gonna go a lot bigger for sure
0: really cool. Well, and and with all the support that it's getting and yeah. You know, like Cable Stock, the event that I was at last week, For the sure. amount of the uh of of amateur riders and and, and the level of their abilities
1: these amateur their riders. Their level is insane. Did you get, Did you see a Rocker Steiner freaking doing in and tangential blinds 10 years old? Of course. Yeah, of course. Old? and he
0: just learned them the day that he put them out in his finals run. Unreal, man. Well, and, and you look at uh you look at the, the WWA Nationals this yeah. year, the Boat Nationals, and yeah. last year, it went from being a straight boat event that last year we, we ran Boat Nationals and Cable Nationals in the same city at the same time. This year, we're running it at the yeah. same venue.
1: We're taking it to a new, a new level. BSR has uh, has really opened their doors to the idea of bringing events there, and from my from my perspective, that's one of the best things, one of the healthiest things that a park can do is promote growth, promote new events coming to their park. You know, it's it's kind of one thing to go, oh yeah, open this new park, I'm gonna put a bunch of people out on the cable. Well, you need to have events, you need to promote growth in your area, in your park. Not only you will succeed, but an industry as a whole will succeed better as well because you are doing your small part. In having events out there at your site, what if
0: what if anything do you think uh, boat con te- uh, boat contests
1: are lacking nowadays? Um, you know, one thing that one thing that boat contests are are lacking, in my opinion, um, it's tough to get the the consumer or the spectator, I should say, close to the event. I think that there needs to be, and I don't know the answer to this, of course. Um, I think that there needs to be some sort of Either a video system or something along those lines uh, that when the rider is down the way, away from the spectator, you know, 1600 feet down the down the course away from the spectator where the spectator is sitting and setting up shop, there needs to be something there for the spectator to be able to view. Um, You know, you look at like the great stadiums, like football stadiums in the nation, like Jerry World now, which is Cowboy Stadium. Like the size of the screen in the middle. Like I haven't been there yet, but I hear that everybody just sits there and watches the screen. Yeah. No. Instead of the football game that's yeah, happening it gives right in front
0: it gives you a uh, it's it's almost um it's almost got better pixelation. Yeah, it's like pic- life. it's it's larger
1: than it's obviously <laughs> larger than life and it's freaking huge, you know? And um there needs to be something there that happens, I think, before um, boat events, you know, can really take off to the growth as and I'm a big fan of post production for your video with boat events, you know, like the King Awake does. And we do the same thing. We do post-production as well on all of our boat events. Um, You know, it gives the actual, actual show or production, I should say, like a lot better value. You can, you can cut and crop stuff that you want in there and, and make it a lot more exciting for the viewer.
0: No doubt. I've seen a few of those and I aspire to one day be a part of them.
1: (laughs) You will be Dano. We had that, we had that barefooting (laughs) clip of you last year in the pro card video. You yeah, I saw that. One? Yeah, I saw that.
0: And also in the King of Wake show, my voice is actually. Your voice is all, all, all over, over the place. It, all, all over. it. Over. But um, We're gonna talk some some wakeboard controversy right oh, now. Oh dude, I love Let's controversy. Do it. Um you can be as political as you want. Okay. I, I know that uh, I know when I'm asked the question, I always just try to find the most positive answer. And when, it comes, when it comes down to it, the, the real reason why I do that is because I just don't know what else to say. So <laughs> yeah. I'm going to ask you. Um, and it also leads into this weekend being the first stop of the Mastercraft Pro Wakeboard Tour. Um, your thoughts on women's wakeboarding um, and the ladies and the junior pro men being cut from the pro wakeboard tour this year. What, what are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah. You know, initial thoughts. Um, when I, when I first heard the news, when it first came out, uh, you know, I was a little upset about it. You know, the world wakeboard association acts as the sanctioning body, uh, for these events. So that does not mean that the world wakeboard association says what actually happens at these events. We literally are just the sanctioning body that are, that are there for the integrity of the judging and the insurance and all that kind of stuff like that. Fancy crap. Um, I was a little bummed, man, when I heard that pro women and junior pro weren't going to be on the tour this year. However, with that being said, um, I think that it does fall back to sponsorship and participation being the two biggest issues and two biggest keys of why they aren't this year. Um, When you don't have participation from athletes at events, it means that you have less um, revenue and less capital from sponsors to work with. You can't do as many cool things. So with that being said, you know, we had a couple of sponsors back out or King of Wake, I should say, had a couple of sponsors back out of their events over the past couple of years. And it immediately handcuffed the pro tour on what they can do uh, moving forward to keep pro women and junior pro men on the tour. With that being said, though, junior pro men, with the rider experience, we've we've opened up the rider experience to the junior pro men. We have a larger... And, and yeah. I, just,
0: I don't mean to cut you off, but oh, no, real problem. fast, I just want to mention what the rider experience is for people out there. The yeah. rider experience is uh, an event that Malibu Boats is putting on, uh, and they started last year. I I had the um, opportunity to be a part of uh, one of them, at least. This year, I'm going to be a part of a couple of them, but it's, a, it's an event in every region of the U.S., so the Southwest um the northwest the southeast and the midwest basically yeah
1: pretty much that's about it you got the gist it's a regional it's kind of like a regional <laughs> it's the event. regional championships so, actually yeah i mean it's it's our newly founded wwa regional championships is it, what it is it's an
0: opportunity for pros to or for for aspiring pros or for former pro riders to earn themselves that name as a pro rider and uh, earn a pro card yep yeah. Um, it also gives uh athletes and their families the chance to learn more about how the judging works.
1: Yep, for sure, man. It's it's an uh, it's a, an all pretty much all amateur event. You know, we've got junior pro there and we've got pro car qualifiers that happen there as well. And um we just try to keep it fun and give back to the athlete. And so
0: now what are you guys doing with the junior pro riders this year?
1: So with junior pro riders, like with that being said, you know, we had plans all along to go ahead and bring junior pros onto the rider experience. We were just waiting for the right uh, opportunity, the right time to do that. So with the, with the pro tour dropping junior pro this year, now we've actually raised uh, $10,000 in prize money for them, an additional $5,000 in travel scholarships to get them to, nationals and or worlds as well so junior pro are actually making out a lot better in my opinion than if yeah, they had junior gonna, pro i was gonna oh, say or, that uh you know um and then pro women actually have an additional event this year as well they have so last year they had they were only on two stops of the pro tour of mastercraft pro tour so this year with the addition of Wakestock canada adding a pro women's division and then also the Wake Open event, which will be held in OWC like in uh, mid August, they actually have another pro women's event there. So they're actually making out with just as much prize money, and then they have an additional event as well, Mumba um, Masters for prize money as well. So yeah, they're 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 making out with another additional event that they're going to be able to be a part of in a series overall payout too. So it's not like women's wakeboarding has gone away at all or junior pro. Uh, it, there, it's just a redirection.
0: You're a very big part of the industry, and realistically, uh, this the news of pro women and junior pro being taken off of the 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 pro tour, which, as Rob just mentioned a moment ago, it's four events for juniors and two events for women, uh, but those events have been, you know, there there have been new events added this season. But... Um, with that being said, you you were there for, you knew this was happening at least a couple days before I did.
1: Dude, one day before, one day, the day before it was was released was None, when I found out.
0: Nonetheless, <laughs> you had your eyes on social media. I had my eyes on yeah, social media. Yeah, for sure. And there was a lot of backlash throughout the industry. A lot of people said a lot of things on the internet uh, through social media, through Twitter, through Instagram, through Facebook. And a lot of people didn't keep it as politically correct as they possibly could have. My question to you is this, a guy in your position, the folks that run the King of Wake uh, contest, I mean, did they see that? Do they know who said what? And is that something that's going to come around and bite some people in the the behind in the end?
1: Well, I would just say, I would say, man, for starters, our industry, you know, we're a tight knit industry. Everybody knows each other. Um. Most of us are friends, <laughs> right? So I would say that um, you know it would be it would be better to keep that stuff off of Instagram or off of Facebook or whatever. And uh, if you
0: and if you have an issue with it, just bring it bring it up to yeah. the right people. Send you need to bring and, it up to the right people. Sometimes it's it's wild to see nowadays in this day and age how much easier it is for people to just say something.
1: Well, <laughs> but you know, you know, you, you know, like that Bambi saying from back in the day when we were little kids. You know, if you don't have something nice or whatever, don't yeah. say anything at all or whatever. Right? Like, you know, that's people need to kind of think a little bit. You know, write the tweet maybe or whatever you're gonna say, and then read it before you send it. Yeah. Read it back a couple minutes later, five minutes later. You know, and um, and it, it's too it's too tight knit of an industry, uh, to be going out and and backlashing, the sport that you have gotten into that you're supposed to be passionate about, um, you know, in that sense. And yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, Chris Bischoff and Priscilla Scallon from world sports and marketing. Absolutely. They know exactly what, you know, all those tweets and stuff and Facebook messages were said. And um, you know, just my, my words to those people that kind of did lash out, just, just be careful. I mean, what you say, you know, you, there's somebody that at the end of the day, that's making that very difficult decision. It's, it's not easy to say, "Oh yeah, women aren't going to be on tour anymore." If you think that was an overnight decision, then you are completely wrong. It's uh, just,
0: it's just interesting to see people look at some of the heads of our industry. Got you know, like you just mentioned, Priscilla and Chris Bischoff. Who, yeah. You know these these two have put what almost a decade and a half, maybe almost two decades of work and effort into our sport, and. They just they just had to deliver the bad news. I mean know? they had to
1: deliver the bad news and not only that, like they're not investment bankers, man, making, you know, multi millions of dollars a year.
0: No, and it doesn't make you know? them feel good. <laughs> yeah. And it yeah. doesn't make them
1: feel good. Yeah, it doesn't make any of us feel good, you know, when there's any negativity in the sport. Um,
0: I, I the, the <laughs> one the one good thing the one good thing about it I do have to say is it did bring a lot of people together.
1: It brought a lot of people together. And go back, man. I don't know if you read what Amber Wing wrote on her website, um, but it was a very well written piece that uh, some people perceived as negative. Right. Perceived it as um, just a little bit of criticism, you know, and, and it wasn't criticism to. Anything. It wasn't criticism to our industry. It was criticism to women's wakeboarding right. of saying, "Hey, girls, come on, step up, let like let's go ride."
0: Absolutely. Hey, and uh, that's why I've chosen Amber Wing to be one of my next guests because Hey-o. because I I enjoy um, I enjoy intelligent young ladies. Yeah, and she's got a great accent yes. too. Yes. She's and we have fun. We like to we like to shred together. Yeah, for sure. So um, I just got like one or two more for you before I let you go. So you've chief judged many events over the years. You've dealt with angry parents. You've dealt <laughs> with angry athletes. Um, my question is, is who is the worst of them all? <laughs> I'm uh, just dude. joking. I'm <laughs> i was, was going gonna to I can't, I can't not, answer that. <laughs> I'm not going to make you answer that question, but you know what I'm talking about and you know who I'm talking about and if you're yeah. listening to this, you may know who I'm talking about as well. How do you deal with that though? How do you deal with that?
1: Um you know, at the end of the day, you know, a lot of times we have a lot of riders come up to us when we're making a decision as a judge in the boat and 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 they say, "Oh man, it's my livelihood, it's my career, you know, you're messing with my life and stuff like that." And uh and I just want to say back like you know, it's ours as well. We're making that decision. Uh, people such as these riders have put these; they've approved us in these spots to go. You are the right person to make this, this decision. Um, at the end of the day, it's a, it's a subjective sport. This is how, you know, this is how this this sort of talk typically goes whenever we have a protest. You know, at the end of the day, it is a subjective sport, and this is this is our opinion on the matter. Um, this is the reasons why we made the decision. And that's essentially the breakdown right there. I mean, there's, if it weren't a subjective sport, we wouldn't have these type of issues. It's what makes subjectivity is what makes our sport awesome and what makes it horrible at the same time, because subjectivity allows for uniqueness and diversity and putting your own spin on tricks and all this kind of stuff like that. Well, it also creates all these problems because there's not a standard score for each one of those tricks
0: understandable yeah there was definitely a lot of that uh you heard a lot of talk at the first king of wake event of the year with dean smith uh taking the win and i i have to say you know yeah i saw harley clifford go out there and put down way more tech tricks but the way i saw it that day is i i kind of agreed with with the judges and the judging on that one just because personally i thought it was really cool to see uh dino come out at the out of the gates in the first event. And just maybe not take the most traditional, hey, I'm just going to go out here and throw the hardest, hardest tricks in the book. I'm going to go out and I'm going to make my run look the way wakeboarding should
1: look. Yeah, you know, um, our sport has never and will, and hopefully, knock on wood, will never be gymnastics. But, like, you know, there have been times when those when those type of tricks a very technical pass maybe not a lot of grabs has been an issue and that's what's cool about Dino going out and you know putting a staple on it you know we had a lot of winter meetings this year that were really great meetings uh, some writers missed them you know they slept in a little bit you know who I'm talking about and uh, you know the at the end of the day like what came out of those meetings was as an industry as a whole as writers judges spectators fan like sponsors everything people want to see more unique diverse tricks they don't want to see the same old same old um and that's exactly what dino did at weight games and it was it was sick to see man i was in the boat for that semi-finals pass when uh when we had to make the decision on uh, phil sovin or dean smith goes through and every single trick from dean was was you know just jaw-dropping And it was just, uh, it was, it was awesome to witness. It was awesome to see a turning point in our industry. I think we're gonna look back on this in a couple years and go, man, that Dean Smith run was pinnacle in in the advancement of our sport. That's where our sport needs to go.
0: Awesome. Well, I'm, I'm stoked, dude. I'm really, really stoked. And it's, uh, you know, it's awesome to to see the growth and everything that you guys do. So. Uh, before I let you go, I, I usually do this for the athletes, and uh, but I do know you got some support within the industry, maybe through the WWA or whatever, so I want to give you the opportunity to uh, give some shout-outs as well as drop your social media.
1: Oh, drop my social media. Yeah. Oh, follow me, stalk me, do whatever you do. Um, yeah, man, basically shout-outs, uh, of course, to you, my friend Dano, the man You're the man. I appreciate it. You know, of course, I got to give some shout outs to the people that really got me into the industry. gave me opportunity from day one uh, as soon as they kind of saw my saw that I, you know, I have a brain inside my head type of thing, I guess. So, like, I mean, obviously, Sean Perry and J.D. Webb there from the beginning. And then Chris Bischoff and Shannon Starling for helping me get involved with judging and allowing me to be a part of events and eventually hiring me um, as a full time position. Uh, ambush and Biwake.com. I mean, those guys are those guys are old school to me. Uh, for, they come from back back in the day roots. And then yeah, man. I mean, you know, it's just been a really fun time, fun fun year. Like, well, not year, fun years. You know, young career, I guess I should say. And and being a part of the growth of the sport right now, and it's really fun. Yeah, follow me. You know, at Rob Corum on Instagram and Twitter. Yeah. And you can just. FB backslash Rob Corum as well. You'll find me there. Little face boo. <laughs> Very cool.
0: <laughs> Rob, want to thank you for uh, joining us here. My fourth episode of the Golden Mike podcast. And I'd also like to thank you for bringing your beautiful, lovely lady friend as well. Miss <laughs> Mimsy over there, Jana Mims. It was really nice having. I think she's the first female that's actually uh, been in the studio for one of these For uh, one of these recordings, so it brought some positive vibrations. Yeah, right on, man. Yeah. So uh, once again, guys, Rob Corum, the executive director of the World Wakeboard Association. And if you guys have any more questions or comments for me or Rob, make sure you send those to my email at goldenmike at com. We'll be back in just a few moments, guys, here on the Golden Mike Podcast. Hey guys, are you interested in advertising on noiseofthenorth.com? Maybe you'd like to sponsor a segment in or become a sponsor of the Golden Mike Podcast. Go to noiseofthenorth.com, scroll to the bottom and click on our sponsorship opportunities. The Golden Mike Podcast is brought to you by Performance Ski and Surf in Orlando, Florida. Get the best deals online at www.perfski.com. I want to thank Rob Quorum. That was really, really fun having Rob out here with us today. And um, he's my neighbor. He's my friend. We've been traveling together for for quite some time before he had, before he was a big shot in the industry and uh he's come a long way and and he does a lot for the industry a lot more than than uh people give him credit for and a lot more that people even know about so um this weekend we're going to be heading to the first stop the pro wakeboard tour lake alatoona atlanta georgia uh the weekend after that that's the uh masters of water skiing and wakeboarding that's going to be in pine mountain georgia but for anybody who's going to be in the orlando florida area. Go check out my best pal, Mr. Eric Ruck. He's going to be playing live downtown Orlando at The Social with his band, The Stereotype. The date on that, once again, is Friday, May 23rd. So hopefully you guys hear this before that. Um, Performance Ski and Surf Gravel Tour caps off the month here in Orlando. That's May 31st. It's a Saturday. It is the best amateur grassroots event out there, at least that I've ever been to. If you can make it, please, please do so. If not, we have two more stops uh, the rest of the summer. June's shaping up. Uh, I've got a couple of stops around the U.S. with the WWA and Mr. Rob Coram, the Malibu Riders Experience. I'm going to be joining the crew in Atlanta as well as in California. So I'm looking forward to those trips. And uh, other than that, I want to remind everybody to let all of your friends know to check out the website noiseofthenorth.com. Check me out. On social media, on Instagram at Dano T Mano, on Twitter it's at the Dano T Mano, and of course, if you guys have any questions, comments, constructive or non-constructive criticism, hit me up at Golden Mike at noiseofthenorth.com. Until next time, y'all. This is Dano the Mano. Y'all have a good one. Peace.